The following program is pre-recorded to air at this time. Welcome to Lotus Radio's weekly public service show, In-Depth. To have your nonprofit featured, email PSA at lotusradio.com. This morning on In-Depth, I have the pleasure of talking with the City of Sparks Mayor Ed Lawson. Uh, Mayor Lawson, thanks for joining us on In-Depth this morning. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Well, for the our listeners that haven't had the opportunity to meet with you and talk to you in person, uh, which I haven't done quite yet because we have you on the phone this morning, give our listeners uh, a little background about yourself. Okay. I was. Uh, how far back do we want to go? <laughs> the passing of Ron Smith, uh, I was the mayor uh, pro tem, which makes you automatically the mayor. And I was sworn as the 26th mayor of Sparks, and I've been doing that job for year and a half, basically. Prior to that, I was on the city council since 2010. So I've, I've been around the, the block a few times, as it were. All right. Well, I'm excited to talk to you this morning about all the great things going on with the city of Sparks. And, and uh, you know, w- let's uh, get into what's going on with the city centers going on along Victorian Square and, and the Audi District. What's happening there? So we're, uh, it's just a way that's really, if you think about the European model, is they have the high-density city centers where most of the people live. And that city center may have a theme to it, say leather goods or fish market or baskets or whatever the case may be. And, and that, that city center then is connected via public transportation. And that's kind of what we're looking at for the city of Sparks is connecting our downtown on Victorian. If you haven't been down there lately, it's pretty exciting what's gone on with all the apartments. We're going to have 5,000 people living basically in a six-square-block area. So it takes on its own feeling and vibe you know, for the community. Absolutely. And then we want to do the same thing out on Audi and then along the river also. Okay, great. Yeah, I've grown up in in Reno and Sparks, and uh, I grew up over on G Street and Rock Boulevard uh, here in town. And so I've seen uh, you know a lot of changes going on this past uh, 10, 20, 30 years. And it's been really cool to see the evolution of Sparks, and it's great to have you be a part of that. And I've also noticed that uh, I saw a story the other day, uh, Jeremy Renner, Hawkeye, uh, from the Marvel Universe, working on a documentary about the Audi District. Do you know, uh, do you have any details about that or know anything about that? I, I just some cursory stuff. He's doing a, um, okay. he takes old ambulances and fire trucks, fixes them up, and then donates them. So there's a story being done by Disney that, that it's a series a television series that they're doing, and they are actually at the old Lowe's building, which is called the Audi District now. Okay. And uh, in the generator portion of that building, so it's a cool idea, cool for us to have something exciting for nationwide in our little town of Sparks. But uh, yeah, I think it's going to be pretty cool. I can't wait to see what it turns out like. Yeah, getting Sparks into the national spotlight on Disney—that's pretty cool. Well, one of the things that uh, that I know you want to talk about is the the federal lands bill initiative. And I I got to be honest with you—I'm not you know a, a journalist. This is a public service announcement show. So uh, tell tell me a little bit about what's going on with the federal lands initiative bill and how this will affect the city of Sparks and its residents in the landscape of uh, of Sparks. Well, it actually will help the entire region and, and all of Washoe County. So the way it works in the state of Nevada is we are surrounded by BLM land. Mm-hmm. At this particular point, we did a land consumption survey. We are out of residential land in 2027 wow. for the entire area. So what that means to our residents 
and future people moving here is the price of housing continues to go up. So we are looking at uh, lands all over Washoe County, but for the most part for Sparks, there's about 40,000 acres uh, that we've identified uh, to the east, which means we would go towards Story County, where, by the way, 80% of the people that work out there live with us in Reno and Sparks, and 80% of that 80% lives north of I-80. Wow, that's So huge. there's a huge commute going on from Reno Sparks out to Story County. Right. And along with this bill, we'd want, we're going to put in a road that will not only cut their commute in half, but it, it also will save uh, carbon emissions to the tune of about 25 tons a day. That's so in- we think environmentally it works, safety it works, and growth-wise, it works. Well, that's incredible. What's uh, what's the time frames on having this uh, project be completed? Well, we're uh, going through the steps right now to get the lands bill done, mm. and uh, it's with uh, Senator Rosen is who's going to carry the bill for Washoe County, and it will be uh, the the language is being written as we speak. We're hoping to have this introduced uh, sometime in the summertime. And then it has to get passed in this Congress, which ends on Christmas Eve. So we're hoping that it all the the lands bill portion of it is done by Christmas of this year. Well, that's very exciting, I think, for a lot of the residents in our area. So that's that's really great to hear that you're working on something like that. And and moving on to um, uh, subsidized housing, I know that you know the you talked about the the housing prices going up because of the lack of area to be able to build new houses. And uh, you know, a lot of us are feeling the effect uh, that either are renting or new homeowners are are trying to buy a new home at the very least. What is the city of Sparks doing right now? And and you and your team working on for uh, any kind of subsidized housing for people in our community? So what I'm personally working on is, is there's a program uh, through the AFL-CIO where they will do financing for subsidized housing. And I'm working through the RTC. I sit on that board at the RTC to see if we can identify some land that we can give to them to put subsidized housing on. And they would then take the Trades Council, the Northern Nevada Trades Council, would build the projects so that they're teaching their apprentice, and then they maintain the project uh, with their apprentices throughout the life of the the projects, which we would expect to be in perpetuity. So you you not only are teaching your future residents uh, or homeowners in in this area trade, but you're you're continually helping them throughout the years. And uh, you know, so we're trying to figure out how all that works at this point. But I think we're we're probably very close. We have um, a resolution to do at the RTC at our next meeting that will direct the, the director to uh, start investigating that. And they're ready to go as soon as we're ready to make something happen for them. But uh, so this is kind of what we're looking at is some of these, these lands that were bought for future expansion that we're not going to use at this point. Mm-hmm. It makes just perfect sense to roll that into subsidized housing in we're talking subsidized housing for 30% AMI all the way up to 120% AMI. So it, it's a wide range of people that would qualify to be in there. Uh, what is AMI? Average median income. Okay. All right. Pretty low in, in Washoe County. <laughs> our, you know, our average median income last I looked was around $68,000. That's the household income. 
to buy a $500,000 house, which is what pretty much a track home is now, mm-hmm. you, you need 105000 uh income. Wow. So we're well below. So we need subsidized housing in the worst way. So a lot of our residents that are uh, you know, making that AMI, average median income, are getting priced out of our community. Correct. And that's that's a sad thing. And, you know, we, we experienced this at, uh, in the Great Recession when basically there were no jobs here. So we we're, were losing our Nevada kids back then. And, and both of my sons moved out of the area. They graduated from UNR moved out of the area and now here we are the same thing all over again except with the kids graduating from college they get or from high school can't afford to stay here because the houses are too expensive so we're losing another generation of kids and this is this is not the trend that that i want to see for our community right well i'm glad to hear that you and and your your staff is working on something like that so so thank you for doing that and and like i said i've grown up here and i've seen a lot of huge changes and uh you know, I've enjoyed being a part of the city of Sparks for, for many years with all of the, the festivals and events from Hot August Nights to the Rib Cook-Off and Star Spangled Parks and, or Sparks. And, uh, and I know that COVID has affected a lot of these events in the pandemic, and things seem to be getting better. They're going in a positive direction, which is great. It's trending in that way. Um, what, what events are you looking forward to, uh, Mayor Lawson, that's, that's coming up uh, you know, later this year? Well, I sit on that uh, that board for City of Sparks also, where we give funding to the different events. And I believe we just funded 15 different events that will happen in the City of Sparks. All right. Uh, everything from uh, Star Spangled Sparks to the Rib Cook-Off, the Hot August Nights, to the Pumpkin Palooza. I mean, there's a whole bunch of, of, of smaller ones. The Dragon Boat Races out at the Marina. So we have, we have a long list of, of projects, because we do love our special events and festivals. It's really one of the things that we look at in the city of Sparks as being a family-oriented community. And, and having those type of events brings out families, which we just love to see. Absolutely. Well, well, I know that, like I said, I've enjoyed them quite a deal. And uh, and you talked earlier about you know the lack of, of jobs and, and with all these events coming up, are there opportunities for people to look for jobs with the City of Sparks and volunteer opportunities? And where would they do that? It just so happens we have about 125 openings at the City of Sparks alone. Oh, wow. That's so great. We have it throughout the entire, you know, we just haven't been able to find people. Uh, if you want to be a fireman, now's a great time to apply. We had 30 applicants for the last opening for firemen, we, and we have 11 openings. So we have a lot of room to hire a lot of people. And it's uh, I think it's a little scary, you know, because of the, the pandemic of where we are. But it's it's we got to figure out a way to get it because we just can't operate short on on public safety. Of course. And if you want more info about how to apply to be a fireman or uh, apply to any of the hundreds of jobs available, you can go to cityofsparks.us for more info on that. Mayor Lawson, I think our time is just about up today, but I want to thank you so much again for your time. It's been a pleasure talking with you about all the great things that you're doing with the City of Sparks. Uh, but is there anything that you wanted to, to add or tell our listeners before we go today? Well, I, I want some feedback. We just... Uh put our new website uh, live today. So I'd like some feedback as for ease of use because that's what we were going for. 
All right. Well, we'll put a link on all of our websites uh, to cityofsparks.us so you can give some feedback and uh, and apply for jobs and find out everything that's going on with the City of Sparks. But Mayor Lawson, I hope to talk to you again soon. So uh, again, thank you for your time and have a great rest of your day. Thanks for being on In-Depth. Thank you very much. Your nonprofit organization could be on this show. Email psa at lotusradio.com. This morning, I'm speaking with the executive director of Justin Hope Foundation, Marcela Gutierrez Rodriguez. Thanks for joining us on In-Depth this morning, Marcela. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Well, tell our listeners a little bit about the Justin Hope Foundation, a little uh, superhero backstory, I guess you'd say. The Justin Hope Foundation um, has been in existence for almost 12 years now, believe it or not. Uh, We're still very small, so we're working on growing in the community, but... It was founded by parents whose son was diagnosed with autism at the age of two and just trying to navigate the resources and services that are available in the community was very challenging. So that's kind of what inspired the Justin Hope Foundation. And so 12 years later down the line, our mission really is to give hope to families and individuals with intellectual and developmental disabilities by really promoting inclusion and creating opportunities through education and training and family support, really to maximize the individual's potential. Okay, great. And I was reading a little bit about uh, Justin's story on the website at justinhope.org. And uh, is it is it um, th- that he had autism? Was that was the inspiration to start this foundation to create awareness for autism specifically? Yeah, correct. So it was founded to really help families connect to um, the services and resources that are most beneficial for their child. Okay. Um, and it, we help individuals of uh, all intellectual and developmental disabilities, so not just autism, and all ages and young adults and families connecting to services. So those individuals with Down syndrome and cerebral palsy and other disabilities. Um, and we did that specifically because our community just needs so much help. Parents that have children with mm-hmm. uh, different disabilities just don't have the support here in northern Nevada, so we are try to be as inclusive as possible. Well, and that's that's an incredible um, relief, I think, for a lot of parents in our area. Um, I have a uh, my, my wife and I have an eight year eight month old, excuse me, uh, daughter ourselves, and I can't imagine being a parent uh, with, with a child going through something like that and just um, you know the support and the love you know for your child um, and 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 feeling scared and feeling alone out there and not knowing where to turn. So it's great that there's an organization for um, parents with children of any kind of neurological, um, you know, disability. Well, I, I like to focus on, you know, the, the good stories. What what kind of impact has Justin Hope Foundation been able to make? Like, uh, give us a little hope by the numbers, if you will. Absolutely. So for the last, I would say, five, six years now, we have trained first responders all over the state on and giving them and giving them the tools to um, effectively interact with individuals with disabilities. I think that safety is such a huge concern to parents, especially if their child doesn't have any safety awareness um, or they go in public and and their child might have um, a, we call it a meltdown, not a tantrum. And Mm. so those community members who are not familiar with disabilities might call you know, the police or say something is happening. And so teaching not only police officers, but uh, firefighters and EMS how to effectively 
effectively interact with these individuals with disabilities and their families um, is one of our priorities. And to date, we have trained over 3,000 first responders statewide. Wow, that's incredible. And it's it seems strange to me and maybe a lot of our listeners, too, that uh, that first responders aren't already trained to deal um, with, with people with neurological disorders. Was that not the case before? And that's why there's this need? That was actually not the case. We wow. worked very hard to pass a bill called AB 129, which makes it mandatory for first responders to go through this training. But that only happened about two, three years ago. And so before that, it was not a requirement. Um, and so we not only train the first responders, but we train in the individual as well and the family member. Mm. And that way it can be as safe as a uh, safe interaction as possible. Um, and so we're really working on developing an online training for first responders. And that way we can pilot this nationwide and make it accessible. And the training is phenomenal. We've partnered with some amazing community members, families, individuals, and to get really just a well-rounded perspective of what the first responders should know. That's great. Well, if you're just joining us this morning, I've had uh, Marcella Gutierrez-Rodriguez, the Executive Director of Just In Hope Foundation, on the phone. And we're talking about um, the, the impact they've made to the commun- community, training first responders on how to deal with uh, and how to handle people with neurological disorders. And we, we've seen that, you know, across headlines this past few years, the unfortunate interactions that uh, law enforcement have had and first responders have had um, with individuals that have um, neurological disorders and you know not not always coming to a a good ending so it's great that there's an organization like justin hope that that handles that um where can where can people uh go to what what is the the website or a phone number they can call to get more information about the justin hope foundation uh any member of the community or anybody of the public can visit justinhope.org to visit uh to learn more about our incredible programs that we have and are developing that's great. Yeah, and I was going through all the different programs like the community safety, which is training all of the first responders in order to, to how to deal with uh, people with developmental disorders. And, and also you offer family support as well. Tell us a little bit about that. We are try to be as inclusive as possible to families. Um, so any family needing information on resources or support, we sit down with them and just figure out what is needed for the family, and not just the individual, but the family as a whole, to help these caregivers because it is a very difficult process trying to navigate what's out there. Um, And we also provide Spanish support groups for the Spanish-speaking community, uh, providing a safe place for them to come and talk about the issues that they're having as a caregiver, as well as providing a lot of uh, workshops for the community. So partnering with different agencies and businesses and professionals that can bring their knowledge to our organization and connect with these parents who need just support. Because as you know, just finding information on Google is very, very overwhelming. So bringing in real professionals that work in the community is one of our priorities. That's great. Yeah, I know it can be daunting just Googling, you know, ways to get help for your child that has, you know, Asperger's, autism, Down syndrome, etc. And so it's great that there's a, a centralized place that, that uh, people in our community can go to get some help and some great resources. And uh, I noticed you also offer uh, respite services as well. What, what, what does that entail? We try to fill the need that Justin Hill Foundation, the 
kind of what we have been trying to do for the last few years is try to find where and what is needed in the community and filling those gaps. And respite care is one of those where um, caregivers finding somebody that they trust to take care of their child with a disability is very difficult and a daunting task. And trusting somebody that is qualified is, is very scary. So we provide respite in the home for families and individuals, for caregivers that really just need a break, um, whether that's you know going to the grocery store by themselves or going out on a date night with their partner. Um, providing a safe environment for the individuals are priority. So just allowing caregivers to, to get that much needed break. Yeah, not just a standard, uh, like a babysitter that you could find on any kind of, you know, community service, but somebody that's trained to, to help out and handle people with developmental disorders, you know, for, for their child. And you also have a, a Hope Works uh, program with the Justin Hope Foundation. What is that? Our Hope Works program is our newest program that we have been developing for, gosh, for the last two years. And I'm not sure if you know, but in Northern Nevada, finding or unemployment rates for young adults with disabilities is truly, truly just very sad. Um, unfortunately, a lot of young adults and just people in general with disabilities struggle to enter the workforce or let alone land a minimum paying job. So our goal for HopeWorks is to develop a community-based training where we provide these individuals um, the training that they need for customer service, socialization, uh, and those skills that are difficult to learn if your employer doesn't have the patience to do so. So we want to prepare these individuals that participate with job readiness skills and giving, giving give them the opportunity to um go out into the community and practice these skills as well as helping them find employment of their choice uh, because a lot of job and day training programs here in northern Nevada are very sheltered, unfortunately. Individuals go and learn and do a task and they go home, but we really are working on making this program as inclusive as possible where individuals get to engage with the community and the community gets to engage with them and employers uh, want to be a part of this, want to learn how to hire people with disabilities and making overall the environment of having a job uh, in the community uh, worthwhile to these individuals and really helping them grow as professionals, individuals, and helping them enhance their quality of life. That's great. And how do you connect with uh, businesses in our area to to get them interested in, in wanting to learn more about Justin Hope Foundation and training them to hire people with developmental disabilities? It's really word of mouth. So we reach okay. out to different businesses and we conduct what's called an employer survey to figure out if they've ever hired an individual with disability, if so, why or why not. Mm-hmm. So we can really shape our trainings. And if anybody is interested, we tell them reach out to us or we reach out to them. And it's word of mouth at this point. So if any of your listeners are interested, please reach out to the Justin Health Foundation. We would love to talk to you more about hiring these amazing individuals. That's great. And the website is justinhope.org. And you can also uh, call the office, 775-453-9262. And we'll have links to the website on all of our station websites as well, so you can find it easily. Um, And uh, if you're just joining us again, I'm talking with the Justin Hope Foundation Executive Director, Marcela Gutierrez-Rodriguez. And uh, I noticed you had uh, a fundraiser coming up as well, just in time for college basketball season, the, the Hoops for Hope fundraiser. What's what's this about? Tell our listeners about the Hoops for Hope fundraiser. 
Absolutely. So our March Madness fundraiser is called Hoops for Hope. It's very easy and fun to participate. A $30 donation gets you a bracket for March Madness, and people can buy multiple brackets if they want one. And it's an opportunity to help raise funds for our organization, but also the participants will be able to uh, win prize money. Um, They'll be entered into a raffle. So it's just a fun way to incorporate March Madness and giving back to a fantastic organization. That's great. And, uh, you know, just going through the website and, and looking at all of the different resources that you have uh, without even, you know, having to sign up, uh, you know, the 911 dispatch registry, autism alert tips, and different ID cards. And, and uh, you know, it's just uh, it's it's great to see that your organization is out there doing this. I, I didn't even know that uh, I wasn't aware of Justin Hope until recently. So so thank you, for, uh, Marcella, for, for you and everybody with the organization for what you do. Thank you so much for having us. And we know that we've been in existence for a long time, but we're still small and are working really hard to get our name out there. So we do a lot for the community and really appreciate everyone's support. And just if you want to know more about us, please visit our website, call us, follow us on social media um, to get engaged more with our organization. All right, great. Well, Maricela Gutierrez-Rodriguez, the Executive Director for the Justin Hope Foundation, I thank you so much for your time. Is there anything that you wanted to add before we go today? I did, actually. Um, So, if anybody, if any of any of your listeners are business owners, we hope to launch what's called a rounded up fundraiser, and it's very simple. It's we want to do it in March for disability disability awareness month, and essentially all business owners would have to do is ask their constituents if they want to donate or round it to the dollar, and the proceeds come to the Justin Hill Foundation, and so just that you know, small amount of change really makes a difference. So any business owners out there looking to make a difference in a very easy way, please reach out to us as well. All right, great. Well, you can visit their website at justinhope.org or reach them at their office at 775-453-9262 to learn more about the Justin Hope Foundation, which helps out uh, individuals in our community, parents with uh, children with neurological uh, disorders and disabilities. So, Marcella, thank you again for, for what you and everybody there does, and thank you for your time today to be on In Depth. Thank you so much. Have a great rest of your day. Thanks, you as well. Thank you for listening to In-Depth. To have your nonprofit organization featured, please email psa at lotusradio.com.